Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch, where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's show, Matt and Lori host author and Bible teacher Joyce Meyer. They discuss faith in the face of fear and how you can do whatever God is calling you to do, even if you have to do it afraid. We have to practice what we preach. I have to do it afraid. I'm a little afraid right now because when Joyce and Lori get together, oftentimes I fade into the background and that's okay. Do it afraid is what we're talking about. Joyce, this is your new, brand new book. It is thematically though, a part of kind of uh, some of your, um, you know, highest selling books or the most, you know, in demand content that you do. Do It Afraid is um, a brand new book. We're in 2020. Um, if you, if the pandemic and racial tensions and murder hornets and dust clouds from the Sahara Desert aren't <laughs> enough, there are plenty of things if you want to be afraid. Oh yeah, lot lot to be afraid about. So how do you want to start opening this door? Because this is something that is. You know, talk about a word in season. Right. Yeah. This of is a I word in season. I had no idea when I wrote the book right. that it would be coming out at this particular time. Isn't it amazing how God knows so much more than we do? Isn't that amazing? Um, the thing, this is different. This do it afraid is different. And I've been teaching on this for years and years and years. But people think when the Bible says fear not that they're not supposed to feel fear. Mm. Mm hmm and so I spent a lot of years, wasted a lot of years, praying for God to make the fear go away. God take away this fear. But it's not going to go away. <laughs> you may overcome it in one area, but it's going to come back in another area. And the word fear in the original language means to take flight or to run away from. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when God told Joshua, fear not, he wasn't telling him not to feel fear. He was pretty much telling him, you're going to feel fear. Mm -hmm. But when you do, don't run. Do what I've told you to do because I am with you. The only reason that God ever gives in the word that I can find for us not to fear is fear not because I am with you. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell us what he's going to do mm -hmm. or when he's going to do it. He just wants us to trust him enough to believe that he loves us and therefore we don't have to be afraid because he will show us what to do. So the only antidote for fear is faith. When fear knocks on your door, send faith to answer. Mm -hmm. You have to, and then faith steps out. It steps out into the unknown. You know, think about when Joshua was told to cross the Jordan and he had to put his foot in the water before the water parted. Yeah. Well, you guys have spent your life doing that. Your mom and dad did. Dave and I did. When we look back to the beginning of our ministry and the things that we did, I think, how in the world did I have the courage to do that? Why would I even have believed that God could use me to do what I'm doing now? You know, when God gives you a dream or a vision for your life, it's not something that you can just get away from. It's like it's there to stay, and you're either going to do something about it or you're going to be 
pretty miserable. Yeah. And uh, this whole message came about as a result of a story that I heard, uh, something I read many years ago uh, when I was still like trying to pray fear out of my life. And I wonder how many people watching today, they're just like, well, if the fear would just go away, if this fear would just go away. But God doesn't want to take your fear away. He wants to give you courage to go ahead and do what he's telling you to do while you still feel afraid. You never get victory over anything running away from it. The only way you get victory is to face it, confront it, go through it and conquer it. Then when you're on the other side of it, you find out that a lot of the things that you feared, first of all, they don't even happen. Or secondly, if they do, they weren't nearly as bad as the devil had it played up in your mind that it was gonna be. But this woman who was a Christian was talking to a Christian friend of hers, moaning about the fact that she had been paralyzed by fear all of her life. She wouldn't go out at night, she wouldn't drive a car, didn't want to be in crowds. I mean, just fear just absolutely controlled her. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she was kind of like wanting some sympathy, some ministry, some comfort. <laughs> and the woman just looked at her and said, well, why don't you just do it afraid? Mm -hmm. And when I read that story, it was just like all these things came together for me at once. But I thought, well, before I start teaching this, I got to make sure I can back it up biblically. So when I studied the word fear in the original language and saw that it meant to take flight or to run away from, I knew that was my backing because that's what people do when they're afraid, they run away from things. I can talk about like my mom, even though she knew my dad was sexually abusing me. What mother doesn't rescue her children mm -hmm. from something like that? What she did was harder for me to understand than what he did. Right. You know, but when she finally did apologize to me, which was 30 years after I left home, she said, I was afraid. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't think that I could face the scandal. And I didn't think that I could take care of you and your brother. So she let the fear that she felt give her all kinds of wrong thinking. My goodness. And she could, she could have done it. If she would have yeah. been bold and asked God to help her and taken a step, she could have kept me from many years of agony. And my brother's life was ruined too, but not from being sexually abused, but just from basically not having a father. And, uh, but she ran. She ran from what she should have confronted. And how many people watching right now, they're doing that? They're running from what they should confront. Or sometimes we try to pray away things that God wants us to deal with. And he's not going to get rid of it. He wants us to deal with it. And so that, that whole principle of do it afraid has become a very big thing for me. And, you know, I have other stories I can share, but. Okay, look. What I was sitting there thinking about while you were talking is the guy that has to walk on steel girders high above New York City building a new skyscraper needs fear. He needs to have fear to keep him right focused, yeah. you know, on 
stepping on the beam the correctly and, right. and, and, and respecting this thing. Right. So the, the idea that, that fear, when you see a bear in the woods and you start running, fear helps you run right. faster, yeah. helps you outrun your friend. <laughs> um, and so basically, um, what we have to do is we have to, what, are we, are we having to channel fear correctly? Are we having to control it? What word, what adjective, because we don't want to not have fear because it helps us in times of trouble, but we don't want to, what, dwell in it or, or well, sit in it? Well, there's a chapter or? in the book called Trading Fear for Fear. There you go. And let's, so let's go there. that particular chapter is about trading all these fears that keep us from doing things for the reverential fear of God. Hmm. You know, if you have reverential fear and awe of God, which is something that we're really missing today. Mm -hmm. I mean, when's the last time you heard a sermon on... The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. You don't... People don't... They've got almost gotten too much over into the God's my friend and yeah. He loves me no matter what and, and so why should I be afraid of God? Well, you're we're not to be afraid of God in a wrong way, like he's going to hurt us. But just like that steel beam, you have to have a reverential fear of that because if you don't treat it respectfully, mm -hmm. if you get up there and get sloppy or just not paying attention, you're going to get killed. Mm -hmm. Same way if a bear is coming after you, you don't, you know, you got to have reverential fear of that bear because it has the power to kill you. You don't want to step out in traffic it's a healthy fear. Yeah, it's a healthy fear. Yeah. It's a fear that, that you need to have. So yes, there are fears that we need to have, but we should not fear, first of all, anything that we believe that God is speaking to us to do hmm. or showing us to do. Mm -hmm. We can do and we should do even while we feel afraid. And you want me, want me to tell a story yes. that makes please. the point? Yeah, All right. Um, <laughs> you don't have to ask. <laughs> you know, I don't have to ask. Um, when, when Dave and I were, before we were in ministry, uh, we both worked, of course, full time. I had a very good job. I had three children. Uh, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I mean, I had read a little bit of the Bible and I went to church, but I wasn't certainly in any condition to teach the Word of God. And uh, so I knew I needed to study, but I couldn't go off to Bible college. I couldn't do that. I had a family. So, but I knew if I could study, if I could find time to study, that God would reveal things to me. And so... I wanted to study in the area where I had problems. I always tell people, if you've got a bad temper, studying prosperity is not going to help you. Right. You know, you, you need to study what the Bible says about anger and, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's true, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's we, we don't even study true. the Bible correctly sometimes. Right. It's not just, oh, my life is messed up. I think I'll just, you know, read Leviticus. You know, that's not... <laughs> it, you know, that could mess you up even more if you don't really take time to understand it. So I really believe in studying the word in the area where you need help. Yeah. You know, or if you've gotten to the point where you don't need any help, then of course you just... Go to heaven. Study the word. You know? <laughs> yeah, or go to heaven. That's good. But, um, I, you know, I would study the word in the areas where I needed help. And then you find out pretty much everybody needs 
myself in the same areas, and then I could teach those things. So I started really feeling like that God wanted me to quit my job. Hmm. Now, I'm certainly not recommending that for everybody. You don't want to do something like that unless you really know that it's God. And if you don't know that it's God, you can try it and see if he pays your bills for a week. And if he doesn't, you better go get a job. Because when God tells you to do something, he always pays for what he ordered. Mm -hmm. So it's really a funny story because it took me a long time to get into agreement with God because of fear. Wow. I was afraid. We didn't have enough money to pay our bills. We weren't we were close, but we were like $40 a month short of being able to pay our bills. Plus, we wouldn't have had any money for a flat tire or a doctor's appointment or mm-hmm. any, any kind of repair, anything that came up. So it was, it was tough to do that, really tough. So I quit my job, but I got a part-time job. And how many people think part-time obedience is going to satisfy <laughs> oh, wow. God? And, you know, God said, I, I want obedience, not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Well, I tried to give him a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I'll quit my full-time job, but I'll have this little backup plan just in case you don't come through. Mm. (laughs) Don't we like that? You know, if I'm going to have another backup plan here just in case God doesn't come through. And so I got a part-time job and um, I was not the kind of person to ever get fired from a job. I mean, I was a good worker. I usually got promoted and did well or got put in charge of something. But I went to work at this company part-time. Me and another girl were splitting a job three days one week, two days the next, on and off. And I could not do anything right at that place. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was working in accounting, and back then they used bookkeeping machines, and every time I'd touch the thing, it would break down. (laughs) I couldn't get anything to balance right. I mean, it was just like the craziest thing. And so I ended up getting fired. (laughs) But you know what? God made his point. (laughs) I didn't tell you to get a part-time job so you could still take care of yourself in case I don't come through. I told you to quit your job. And so (laughs) I did it afraid. I didn't realize what to call it at that point, but I was so afraid. I didn't have a lot of experience with God, but I'm like, well, what if, and what if, and what if, and what if? And so God just put on my heart, I was walking down the hallway one, one day, right after I think the first day after I'd quit my job, and I was so scared that my knees felt like they were gonna buckle under me. Mm. And God said, you can either be afraid all the time and worry, or you can trust me for daily miracles. Mm. My goodness. And when I look back now, It was like six years that we needed a miracle from God basically every month to pay our bills or if anything extra would come up. I mean, I spent years buying my kids shoes and clothes and things at garage sales because, but it was was amazing what I would find Mm -hmm. at those garage sales. You know, God meets you where you're at and... uh, I mean, I'd go to the grocery store and I'd dig around in the dented can basket, you know, buy things that had no labels on them. And, you know, sometimes I'd get cat food, didn't have a cat, but sometimes I'd get some really good stuff. And uh, I'd buy day old bread. And I remember the day God said to me, don't you think that I can afford for you to have fresh bread? (laughs) So here again, it was that stepping out. I was 
I was doing everything in fear. Yeah. I was trying to save money every place that I could save money. And so um, I don't know why it took so long, but see now we needed $40 a month then. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But you know what kind of money it takes to be on television all over the world? You know, you love me and you don't let me on your network free. <laughs> you know, no, no matter how Sorry. much. <laughs> well, I'm just making a point that, right. you know, you got to right, pay right, your right. bills. I got to yeah. pay my bills. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of ideas that people have, but, you know, the gospel is free, but the pipeline that carries it is not. Right. right. You know, uh, the pipeline that carries the gospel, um, let, me, let me tell you something. You were telling a story, and I just relived a moment back with my parents. Uh, I've, and I've never, I've never told this story, not because um, it's controversial anyway. It fits right in line with what you're saying. It's just I... Literally, I'm going to have to kind of piece it together. But my dad, in the very early days of TBN, reminded me of the way you were just talking about yourself. He was very frugal, you know. He'd walk by and flip switches off on. and the lights mm -hmm. off. And he'd, you know, I mean, he'd pick up something in the carpet rather than getting the sweeper and plugging mm -hmm. it in. And, you know, he's just super frugal. You know, yeah. my dad was like that all the time. And... By the time TBN was being birthed in 1973, my dad operated a small little business out of our garage. In fact, a couple of them that taught Paul Jr. and I photography and all that kind of stuff. We were operating these little businesses and he had a job. He was working for another TV channel. And by the time I'm, you know, 10 years old maybe, my parents had saved by being super frugal, driving old cars, not having a new car, any of that kind of stuff, $20,000. Now, you know, look, in 1973, that was a nice yeah. little, that was a nice little savings kind of right. thing. And TBN needed it. So he loaned it to TBN. He was afraid to give it. Mm -hmm. He couldn't possibly wrap his head around the idea that this, what they spent, you know, uh, for 15 years of their marriage saving, that, that you could possibly give it. Yeah. And they got to a point in TBN where it was, it was kind of a do or die moment, you know, at the purchase of the first channel. There was a, I forget the exact timing. And, the, and the, my dad is praying while somebody else is looking into the camera trying to raise a little bit of money in the early days. I'm talking early 70s now. And his inner monologue with God is, God, I've done everything. I've given you everything. And God whispered to him and said, you didn't give me that money. You loaned it to me. You didn't give it to me. And, and he said that... At that moment, he took the microphone back, glanced at my mom, who was on the telephones trying to answer calls if they were coming in, and just kind of winked at her and then looked into the camera and, and said, I've gotten some information from a, a man who loves Christian television very, very much that every gift tonight will be matched up to $20,000. It'll be a gift. So whatever you give is going to be doubled. And that was his money. 
My mom's sitting back on the phone going, I can't believe this is this is really God because that was not my dad's nature. Yeah. He couldn't do that, that back then. And he got good at it at, at his old age and, and was giving most of his salary away at the end. But basically, that was a breaking point in TBN that changed. But he had to do that right. afraid. Right. And it was literally like lighting the fuse to watch TBN go from one little TV station in Los Angeles to 31 different networks in 17 languages around the world. Right. Uh, as we sit here 45 years later, almost 50 years later now. And so basically, I, some of us grew up in this. Yeah. Some of us grew up watching these kind of things happen. There's some people that this is generation one Zero. They came from horrible situations, and and like you did, God had to reach down, Joyce, and really just start developing you as a person. Oh yeah. From from scratch. I mean, I was the least likely person in the whole world to be called to do what I was doing. My the God. only thing that I really had going for me was I, I really did love God, <laughs> and I really could talk. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed to learn how to talk the right way. Yeah. And uh, really, when I look back, what, what God has, what I've done, but I know I haven't done it without God, it's impossible. Yeah. yeah. There's no way that I could be on TV in two-thirds of the world in over a hundred languages mm. and sit here and say, we have no debt mm. yeah. if it wasn't God. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not possible. I mean, in the natural, I'm not even that smart. So it shocks you. I, oh, it yeah. shocked It shocked Papa and Mom mm -hmm. when we looked at TBN and just went, what in the world happened? That's yeah. just impossible what God has done. But you, but you were usable and yeah. you were afraid. But the, the fear of the Lord was greater than your own fear. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly yeah. right. My, my fear of disobeying God. And yeah. I wasn't afraid like he would hurt me. I just, I didn't want to disappoint him. Right, exactly. See, when you really love God, yeah, I mean, really love him, him. <laughs> you know, then yeah. you, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Yeah. You know, he did not say, if you love me, if you obey me, I will love you. He already loves us. Yeah. But the proof of our love for God is not just a few loose words every now and then. It's, are you going to do what God tells you to do? And we don't, hear, we don't hear enough about obedience. Right. We, you know, sadly, a lot of people don't even like those kind of messages anymore. Yeah. You know, even as a, an author, and I understand our publishers need to do this, but I get every title, every title has to have a promise in it. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's like if you're not promising the reader something, then they're not going to read your book. My goodness. And I, I just wish that... I mean, I wish you could write a book on dying to self and, and people would, would buy it or on the reverential fear of God right. and people would just buy them in droves because the things we really need, yeah. we seem to be trying to avoid. How do, we, how do we know the difference between the fear, between fear and pressing through um, and fear that alerts us as a warning? Well, like I said, I think it's a matter of the kind of thing I'm talking about is this is either something that you really, really want to do. Like, for example, I'm not a good swimmer. I almost drowned when I was a kid, and so I'm 
I would be afraid of deep water. Sure. So, uh, and I have no desire to become a great swimmer. Right. So <laughs> I over. just stay out of yeah. deep water. I stay out of all water now, but when I used to go swimming, swim with my kids and stuff. Now, if I really wanted hmm. to swim, it was really a desire in my heart, then I should not let fear stop me. But we're not telling people you have to go climb a mountain to prove you're not afraid. Or jump off. Or jump off mm -hmm. a bridge into deep water to prove you're not afraid. That's not the kind of thing I'm talking right. about. I'm talking about don't let the devil steal your life yeah. through fear. If there's things that you really, really want to do, or especially I'm talking about, probably more than anything, doing the things that God tells you to do. Talk about giving. How many people know that God wants them to give something away or to do something for somebody else, but they're afraid that their needs won't be met and so they won't do it. But I think everybody has to start giving, doing it afraid. Right. You know, because the principle makes no sense. It's like if you want more, you got to give away some of what you have. It's totally upside down from anything you've ever been taught mm -hmm. in the world. I used to have so many fears concerning money because I'd always had to take care of myself. My parents really, they fed me and they bought my clothes, sent me to school, but I mean, my dad wouldn't buy my school pictures, he wouldn't buy my school ring. I mean, anything that I wanted, I had to do for myself. So when Dave was working, I stayed home for a few years when the kids were little and he got a bonus, a Christmas bonus every year at work. And let's just say it was $1,000. I mean, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was a lot for us. Well, we would put that right in the savings account. Mm. And man, I depended on that savings account. And see, this is where we get into trouble when we start depending mm -hmm. on what we can do instead of depending on God. And every time something happened where we had to use some of that money, I would just get in a fit. I mean, I would just be, never fails. <laughs> and Dave got so tired of hearing that he told me one day, he said, God is not going to bless us until you stop depending on that little bit of money we've got in savings. Well, I got mad <laughs> and went, took, took the money out of the bank and spent it all. I said, okay, well, we'll just see what God does. And sure enough, he was right. <laughs> you can't have a backup plan. Yeah. And also have God's plan. My goodness. And so, and I know that, you know, I'm not suggesting we don't save money. We save money now. Right. You know, Dave has a strategy about money. Give some, spend some, save some within your borders, and God will always be able to bless you. I think it's wise to save money. But I was doing it out of fear. Yeah. You know, you were talking about being frugal. Well, I was way beyond frugal. Yeah. And God had to tell me one day, he said, you have a cheap spirit. Hmm. You know, I did everything, but some of it wasn't wise. I mean, I right. would drive all over town trying to get a discount on a pair of shoes, and I would spend more <laughs> in gas more and gas. time than I would have spent if I would have paid the extra. So your thinking can get really yeah. messed up yeah. when you get over into that too far. And, I mean, big steps of faith for me, for me was like, I mean, God challenged me to go in a store where I knew it wasn't a super expensive store that I could 
probably afford most anything in that store and challenged me to find what I wanted and go to the counter with it without looking at the price tag. My goodness. Because I always shop by the price tag. And no matter, it, I mean, if I loved it and the price was more than I thought, I wouldn't buy it. So I didn't buy what I wanted. Wow. You know, I wouldn't let God give me the desires of my heart because I was afraid to spend the money. Well, Dave was the opposite and he grew up in a really poor family, but he had no fear of money. My he God. was just like, I mean, if he had it, he'd spend it. Mm -hmm. And he would say, <laughs> you know, we tithe, we I'm do what God to the tells us. <laughs> You're bearing witness yes, over there. Yes, I am. And, uh, you know, I'm still, I, I respect money. I don't think we should expect money if we don't respect money. Yeah. And so I respect money and I don't waste money. But if I can afford something and I really, really, really want it and I feel like it's okay, I don't get a check about getting it, then I'll go ahead and get it. Because what good is it going to do God to give you money if you're going to refuse to use any of it hmm. for enjoyment? God wants us to enjoy our lives. That doesn't mean you should have everything you want. But, I mean, I had so many fears back in those days, and I had so many miracles. And I look back, and every once in a while, I actually miss those days yeah. because God did so many amazing. Listen, I had a prayer list, and I, I found it in oh. a box of my journals not long ago where I had written on there, Dear God, I need new dish rags, and new washcloths and a new skillet. Would you please provide these things for me? And I'm telling you, as God is my witness, one day my doorbell rang and a lady that I didn't know said, she said, I hope you don't think that I'm stark raving mad, but I felt like God told me to bring you a dozen new dish rags. My goodness. Well, I about had a fit. I was, ah, you know, that's God, that's God, that's God, that's God. And so in a lot of those ways, that was how God proved himself to me because if God didn't give us what we needed, we had no way of getting it. Right. You know, it had, so we literally lived on those little miracles mm -hmm. from God. And that's why I'm not afraid now about the money that we need to have every month to do what mm -hmm. God's called us to do on television. You know, there's no point in trying to believe God for some great big thing if you don't even know how to believe God for something little. Yeah. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. You know, I remember probably one of the biggest steps of faith we've taken in our life is, is back in 1995, we moved from Orange County to Los Angeles to start an entertainment company. And that was completely on the word of the Lord by a prophet saying, get your foot in Hollywood. You were talking a while ago about just sticking, Joshua putting his foot into the water. That was the word. It was just, I don't care what house you get, don't care any about, you've got to put your foot in Hollywood. So it was like, okay, 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 you know, and I remember we put our foot there and we had nothing. We had nothing. And I remember calling this prophet that had told us that, and it, of course, we just didn't go on his word. It was a, a multitude of yeah. counsel and all that. But I remember telling Kim, I called him and I'm just, bawling. And I'm going, we have nothing. We have no money for, for our house payment. We have, we have nothing. And we've moved up here. We don't have friends. 
we don't have anything, you know, I've got two little boys. And he said, would God have told you to do it without supplying for you? Right. Would he have told you to cross the Red Sea? Would he have told, you know, to, to put your foot there and then he's going to just leave you? Mm-hmm. He's not going to just leave you there. He's going to provide everything that he's called you to do. And so, yeah. We so, experienced exactly what you're talking about in, oh, that, yeah. in that situation. What comes to mind, though, is we all know some people that think they're good singers or they're good entertainers <laughs> or they're good this or that. And they're really not, you know, they, they, you know. And so sometimes somebody might be acting on presumption right. or, you know, so how do you, how do you talk about that in regard to certainly going forward, but with the confidence that God's told you and that it's not some kind of vain imagination? Well, I have a little saying and it's step out and find out. So... Sometimes we're just not sure. I mean, we really think something, mm-hmm. but everybody knows that we don't hear from God perfectly. And people are so afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. But failing at something and being a fa- failure is two different things. Mm-hmm. You are never a failure as long as you refuse to quit. And so you're never going to succeed at anything if you're so afraid of failure that you won't try. So I tell people, step out and find out. Well, when I quit my job, if at the end of the first month I would not have been able to pay my bills, I would have went out and got a job because it's not God's will for us to default on our bills and be dishonest. And so I don't like it when people, you know, are begging for money all the time and borrowing money all the time and, you know, God told me to do this. Well, if God tells you something, he will provide for it. Or, you know, let's let's just say singing. Well, you know, nobody even knows what key I sing in. They They just put it in B, I'll flatten it. it. And um, so they always turn my microphone off during the singing. (laughs) You know, I can make a joyful noise at home, but not in an auditorium full of people. Well, let's just say I thought I was a really good singer. Mm-hmm. Well, if I got up to sing and people started leaving, I might get a clue. <laughs> I might get a clue. And so really, a lot of times, that, that's all it is. You, you just got to be willing yeah. to look at reality. And if you're trying to make something work and it feels like you're trying to push a dead horse up a hill, yeah. you know, it's like one person said, if the horse has been dead for 10 years, it's time to dismount. You know, you <laughs> <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you don't just keep trying to. <laughs> you don't just keep trying to make something work that's obviously, yeah, not working. Yeah. We are talking about do it afraid, and we're talking about that with Joyce Meyer. Joyce, uh, I talk about you a lot. You behind your back, and I'm going to tell you why. I I tell Dog people in. that when. Joyce is teaching, just plain teaching from the Word of God. Your ratings are always climbing the whole time. You can just sit there and watch it, you know, <laughs> and because I guess that's what this channel is known for. 
you know, I hope it's known for evangelism. I hope it's known for people giving their life to Jesus. But, but the other part of the Great Commission is to make disciples of nations. And, and I believe that we can do both of those things effectively. So I talk about you a lot uh, saying that if you want to, you know, try Christian television, and by the way, I'll, since, since you brought it up and said that Christian TV is not free <laughs> and that we do charge you, I, I will make the distinction. For every dollar you give us, for that time slot, we raise another dollar and match it to you to keep it on the air. Yeah. So TBN Partners and Joyce Meyer Partners keep your half hour on the air. Okay, Thank you don't. You don't. So we do this together. My dad. In other my, words, you're not charging me enough. <laughs> I, I, that's exactly right. But 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 that's why my dad used that term that he didn't right. explain very well for 40 years, cost sharing. That's what he meant. Right. Meaning that your dollars don't offset the right. full budget of TBN for that half hour. Right. Okay, uh, just, just thought I'd clarify that. The uh, Do It Afraid is available now. Go to Amazon, however you get books. Uh, you can download it, I'm sure. This is Joyce Meyer's brand new book where I'm packing it for an hour right here in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to Dallas. Thank you. And we're glad you're here. Do It Afraid. Um, we're in a... Um, unprecedented time. There is, um, you know, at the time of taping, and depending on what state you're in, some people are wearing masks, there's a pandemic, uh, you're seeing on social media things that go all the way back to 1918 with the Spanish flu right. where people were having to wear masks and all this kind of stuff. We are technically social distanced here on the set. Um, and people are afraid I believe in what we're hearing in our line, and we take a million and a half calls a year on our, just our telephone number. Um, you've got a chapter, an entire chapter in your new book, Do It Afraid, uh, about the fear of the future. That seems to be the thing that could be perfectly suited for this season that we're in. How do we get a handle on that? Well. What people are really afraid of is they're afraid of the unknown. Mm. It's not so much the future. It's like we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we human beings have this big problem. We want to know because if we know, then we can control. Right. God wants us to trust him. <laughs> and mm. trusting God is so much easier than worrying and being anxious and fretting over stuff all the time. Now, I don't believe that you can trust God unless you've had some experience with God. Okay. I don't care how many sermons I preach on telling people to trust God. They're going to have a problem doing it until they have stepped out in right. faith. Because it sounds harder. <laughs> right, yeah. And you have to have had some experience with God. Yes. And so, like I tell people all the time, think back to another time in your life when you had something really bad going on that you thought you just weren't going to make it through and God came through for you. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when I went for just a regular mammogram and within a few days was told I had breast cancer. Well, I was preaching faith and praying for people to be healed and that was the last thing in the world that I expected. How do you wrap your head around that? 
I'm doing God's will. I'm, you know, all these different things we try to tell God. And, uh, <laughs> but even in the midst of that, God still did miraculous things hmm. because I didn't have to have any chemotherapy. I didn't have to have any radiation. I did have to have a mastectomy because that's just what they did back then. Probably today they'd probably do it a little bit differently. But I maybe missed two conferences and we needed money to pay our bills. <laughs> and here again, honest to God's truth, I'm leaned back in a recliner one evening, had all these drains attached to my body. I'm in the healing process. The doorbell rings. And Somebody went to the door and this pastor, who we didn't really know, had just had to sell his building. He was going out of ministry and going to do something else and he had to sell his building. Well, when you, when you sell ministry property, you have to give that money to other ministries. You can't just put it in your pocket and go say, I sold a building. So he handed us a check for $10,000 and he said, I felt like God wanted me to give your ministry $10,000 of the money. Well, that took care of us. My goodness. And so, miracles. Yeah. Well, I look back now, and I didn't know what was gonna happen to me. Am I gonna have to take chemotherapy and lose all my hair and be sick and be, I mean, is this gonna be the end of the ministry? You know, when, when you have a ministry like ours, it's like, if I don't do what I do, then it stops. Right. It's not like you can't just call in a substitute. Right. <laughs> it's, that, that doesn't work. And so um, I really encourage people in th these times that we're in now to, it's not the future they're afraid of, it's not knowing, it's the, the not knowing. And there's no reason to trust God if we know everything. Right. Hmm. You always, are gonna have unanswered questions. There's always gonna be the whys and the whens that God is not going to answer for you because he told me one time, he said, don't you realize if you knew everything I did, then you'd be God and wouldn't need me at all? <laughs> My goodness. And so we have to get comfortable not knowing. Right. I'm not afraid of this because I've had enough experience with God that I know I'm in his hands. Yeah. And even if I got the virus, I believe God would take care of me. But if he's finished with me here and it's my time to go home, then I'm ready to do that too. And I think we have to grow to the point where we're not afraid of death and we're not afraid of, you know, I don't know the future, but I do know the one who holds the future in his hands. Mm -hmm. And I don't like suffering any more than anybody else does, you know, so I'm not like wanting to, have to suffer and go through some really like, I'm hoping, you know, when the end comes, God beams us up real quick. <laughs> right. But I do know that whatever I had to do, God would enable me to do it. But see, we don't get tomorrow's grace today. Yeah. Let me see if I can throw a monkey wrench into this for a second. <laughs> you let seem me, to be doing yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I just, <laughs> let me, he lives for there it. Could be, there could be someone, Joy, sitting going, that all works for you. You've gotten past all these trials and you're on the other side of them and everything is, is good for you now. And uh, you're even talking about a season in your life uh, that was in the past where you had to 
see day-to-day -day type miracles and, and is, things are different now. What if there's somebody watching with, you know, saying, it, 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 it's not going to work that way for me. I'm not good enough. My husband's not even Christian, you know. I don't take my kids, you know, but there's something inside them that wants to not fear, that wants to do something afraid, but they just, they're disqualifying themselves. What do you say to them? Well, first of all, they need to ask themselves if they're born again, have they given their life to Christ? Because if you haven't done that, then you don't have that helper living on the inside of you. Help that can them do help that you. if they want to. You know, if you know, if you don't, if you don't have Jesus in your life, then that's the first thing you need to do. Now, there's a great deal to learn after that, but if you've not received Christ as your Savior and you want to, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer with you. It's not hard. It's so easy that you think that can't possibly be all there is to it, but. If you admit you're a sinner and you ask God to forgive you for those sins and you're willing to turn away from a sinful life and learn how to live for God, if you want Him in your life, you just pray this prayer right after me and God's gonna do something in your heart. You may feel something, you may not, but God's true to His Word. Just say, Father God, I love you. Jesus, I believe that you our God, the very only Son of God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for the way I've lived. I repent of my sins. I believe you died for my sins and paid the price. Come into my heart and save me. I give myself to you and I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Now, you say, well, I didn't feel any stars. I didn't feel an explosion. You know what? Don't even look for that. Look for peace. I mean, you're going you're to start to experience more peace than what you've ever had before. And yes, there's a lot to learn. And you have networks like TBN and programs like mine and lots of others that will help teach you those things. There's all kinds of great books available by many different wonderful authors that will teach you how to live for God. So, but if you're already a Christian and you're one of those people that fits into this category, like Matt was talking about, you don't, uh, you don't feel good enough, you know what, you're right. You're not good enough and I'm not good enough for God to do anything That's for good. me but he does it because he's good. <laughs> and see, that's the cool thing about getting involved with God wow. is he is good and he is good all the time. And he is especially good to those who don't deserve it. But you need to ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. So you go ahead and just ask God to help you and start seeing what he'll do in your life. You'll be amazed. Beautiful. We are learning to do it afraid. Um, all sorts of um, applications for this. This do it afraid is is all is is do the future afraid. Right. Do you know? Do it afraid. Do something God's told you to do. But he he Jesus declared, "I am your peace." Right. 
So you're, you're not uh, living in everything that you can. Right. Your faith can lay hold of that statement of Jesus when he said, I am your peace. He, right. So he either is or he isn't. Right. And it's as simple as that, kind of, isn't it? Yeah. Fear not, for I am with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, when, when the disciples got afraid in the boat and he kind of corrected them or lovingly rebuked them for their fear, he said, stop fearing, I am. And that's kind of an interesting thing. Why did he call himself I am? Well, he's not the great I was or the great I will be. He's the great I am because he's present with us every second of our life. And when Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit, who is also fully God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, to live in us. In the Old Testament, he was with people, but he is in us and he's called the helper the counselor, the strengthener. He's there to help us with everything that we need to do. You know, and you were talking about when, when you start doing this, when you step out in faith and then God meets you there and then you take another step of faith and God will meet you there because he's so faithful. Right. And the harder it, lo it, it looks, it seems like through the years and, and, and living this out and we're at a a ripe age of looking back now. That's a good way to put it. And saying, and saying, man, he's been faithful all along. And the harder it, it looks now, the easier it gets. Right. Because you know the faithfulness of God. That's what I meant by having experience. Exactly. And so these people who don't have any experience with God, the only way they're going to get it is to step out into these things and see Give God a chance to be faithful to you. Yes. Don't just keep trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. And that's what makes people miserable. Yeah. It's trying to take care of yourself all the time when God wants to help you yeah. and be involved in everything that you do. So, so this, this whole interview has felt like a masterclass kind of thing because Joyce, you self-admittedly, and, and look, we've known each other since the mm -hmm. mid eighties or, or right. so. And I used to do your lighting for you <laughs> way back in the day when you rented a, a facility called Melody Land oh my in God. Orange County, California, okay? Back when you were doing that, I yeah. was the vendor. You, you were the lighting guy. I was your lighting oh, guy wow. uh, way back in the day. <laughs> and, um, but you, you basically are now self-admittedly saying you were the least likely you were kind of you were kind of screwed up back in those days. <laughs> kind of doesn't cover okay, it. All right, so you were screwed up in those days, and you're past. It. So you have delivered a lot of wisdom through this program. When was the last time you did something afraid? I probably do it all the time. Okay, well let's just let's just say we're in the middle of this pandemic. We can't have our conferences. Okay. So. I've still got to be on TV, mm -hmm. so what am I going to do? Well, now I'm doing my conferences with no people, and I'm just talking to cameras. Mm -hmm. Well, at first I thought, I can't do that. Oh, wow. I got to really? have people, mm -hmm. you know? My goodness. I mean, it, what, if you're funny, nobody laughs. <laughs>, <laughs>, <laughs> it's like... I hate that, by I mean, the way. it's like... 
it's like the most deadpan thing yeah. to try to be anointed yeah. to a camera lens. And so I had to really trust God that he was yeah. going to give me a different, a special, interesting. a unique kind of anointing. And you know now, I mean, they tell me I'm really good at it. Mm. And some people like it even better <laughs> because it's more personal. Oh my now, goodness. it's harder physically sure. because if you're in a crowd of people, every time they clap, you get to rest a second. Yeah. <laughs> every time they laugh, you get to rest a second. Yeah. Well, when you're not hearing any of the clapping or, or even like when I get finished and I feel like I've preached my heart out and it's just totally dead in the studio. It's like, I feel like I need to hire me a couple of clappers to sit in there. And Where's the clap track? Clap, clap. This is where you clap. Oh my and so goodness. It's I had, true though. Isn't I had it? to step out yeah. and do that. Yeah. And That's believe that God, so I think really we're always doing things afraid. Yeah. Interesting. You know, always. We just, yeah. when, when it becomes a part of you, when you, you know, this knowing God, mm. knowing his character and having experience with him, it's just, it's so valuable to go through the things that we've gone through are the things that your mom and dad went through. Mm. And I want to tell you something. There's nobody that's a real, true, genuine success that hasn't been through. Wow. That kind of stuff. And if you're not willing to go through that, if you're going to give up in that, you're never going to make it to the end. Yeah. Fulfillment of your dreams. I always tell people there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there's an end. And beginnings are exciting. <laughs> Everybody's happy for you <laughs> for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And then you find it's just you and God and your dream and the devil's telling you you're crazy. Mm -hmm. And have you ever noticed how slow God is? <laughs> How he just takes his time about things and things he could do in just a few seconds. He takes years <laughs> to do. And there's the end. Well, we're all, when you finish and it's been a great success, that's exciting. But how many people never make it through the middle? Yeah. And so even in these times we're in right now, the whole world's in the middle of something yeah. that we're not even 100% for sure what it is or how long it's gonna last. But let's have a testimony when it's finished, I'm still here. Amen. Yeah, beautiful. So good. My, uh, <laughs> my daddy used to say, God, you know, God, why do you wait till the last minute all the time when the, you know, when the Egyptian army is swooping down on right. the Israelis and you know, the Red Sea parts at the last minute. And he, he would always say so that so that man would know they can't have the glory that the glory right. has to go to God, you know, and, you know, such a, such a, such a deep subject. This book, Do It Afraid, is brand new. It is in, published here in 2020. Do It Afraid, Embracing Courage in the Face of Fear. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.